Shout his praises this morning. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are our risen King. Hallelujah. We worship you, Master. We worship you, our God. We worship you, our King. Hallelujah. 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 You have won the victory for us. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 you are alone, worthy to be worshipped, hallelujah. You alone are worthy to be worshipped, Lord, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Amen, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team, hallelujah. As we are all standing... Can we turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 50? Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 through 20. Genesis 50, 15 through 20. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for yet another opportunity that you have granted us in your mercy to come to the throne of grace and worship you, Lord. As your chosen generation this morning, we come here to worship you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this great privilege to call you our Father. This morning, as we meditate your word, we pray that you, the Holy Spirit, will minister to our lives, our hearts, Lord. That we will be able to see you very differently from now on, Lord. The way you do things for our lives, on our behalf, 
he commits everyone who is attending the service in person and online we pray that your word will be a true blessing to each and every one of us lord bless this lips of clay of mine lord committing myself into your hands lord pray that you alone will take glory thank you father in the name of jesus we pray please be seated i greet all of you in the name of the lord those of you who are here in the sanctuary and uh, those of you who are listening and attending the service online from home or wherever you are let the name of the lord be glorified i would like to talk today about a theme that is so strong in all the pages of the scripture but often paid very little attention to and that is the sovereignty of god this particular even the story that we read happened right after jacob's death in egypt his body was taken by his children including joseph and a great caravan of egyptian officials to the land of canaan and their jacob was given a true state funeral in the cave of of macapella probably one of the most elaborate funerals described in the scripture genesis 57 through 14 we read about it and they had just returned from the funeral to egypt when this particular incident that we read happened joseph's brothers are doing something very strange now very unexpected they're sending some messengers to joseph and telling him that when jacob their father was alive he had asked them to reconcile with joseph by whatever means it takes asking him for forgiveness even if that meant that they offered to be his slaves lest he got even with them after their father's death for all the evil they had done to them in the past in accordance with that jacob's brothers meet with him and fall at his feet and you read what we uh, heard they saying behold we are your servants your slaves does it remind you of another story in the bible in the new testament where a son who has gone far from his father decided to come back and he was preparing in his head a confession speech and he was telling to himself when i get to my father i am going to tell him 
I am not worthy to be your son. Consider me as one of your hired slaves. That story is narrated in Luke 15. Isn't that even Jacob, Joseph's father, did not fully understand the heart of Joseph, the loving and passionate heart of Joseph all these years? Verse 17 says that Joseph wept bitterly when they spoke to him. He was so grieved by how little they knew him, how much people failed to understand him. In Genesis 45 also, we see Joseph crying bitterly. And that was in the beginning of their encounter. And it was some years ago, when initially Joseph revealed himself to his brothers. But years have passed since that event. But the brothers never fully understood Joseph even now. They were still holding on to their guilt in their hearts. The guilt of what they have done. Listen to Joseph's reply. Verse 20. But as for you, you meant it for evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is today to save many lives. Some translations, it says, you purposed, but God purposed. Joseph telling them, you meant it for evil against me. You purposed it for evil against me, but God purposed it for good. What is Joseph referring to when he says, you purpose evil against me. What was the good that God had purposed through every purpose that her brothers and the people around him has purposed against him? Joseph's memory lane probably took him back to his childhood days. And it's a long story, we all know that. It starts in the land of Canaan. In the shepherd home of Jacob with his 12 sons. And Joseph is the 11th son. His younger brother is Benjamin. And their mother Rachel had died as she was giving birth to Benjamin. We read that in Genesis 37 that Joseph used to tend to sheep along with his, with his brothers. Jacob, his father, loved Joseph the most since he was born in his old age and may have been closer to him and maybe staying more at home than his older brothers. And this obviously caused some disturbance in the family dynamics. Joseph had this habit of seeing dreams and some of them very, were very unusual and very disturbing in the family circle. And it all happened one day with 
with Joseph getting a colorful ornate robe from his father. This is a story you all know, but I just want to bring it home, just to bring it home so we know exactly what Joseph is trying to tell his brothers. This ornate robe that Joseph received leads to open hatred of his brothers, of Joseph by his brothers. Genesis 37.5, it says his brothers hated him. One day, the older brothers were gone shepherding for a few days. And Jacob asked Joseph to go and find out how they are doing. And it was not unusual those days for shepherds to go, be gone for, from their homes for several days looking for pastures and they will go from pasture to pasture before they got, got back home. They would take the sheep from one place to the other before they came home. So jo Joseph said to, <clears throat> when Joseph said to them, you mend it for evil, he must have gone at least to that particular day when he went in search of his brothers when they were gone for several days from their home. At the command of his father, he went out looking for his brothers. And his brothers saw him from a distance comes that dreamer. They grab him, they take his robe, the robe of many colors, and throw him in a pit. Then comes the Ishmaelite slave traders by that way, as if it is by coincidence. Then a chain of events follow that, as if all of them happened like a string of apparent coincidences. It is so easy to understand from this end of the story, story, this side of the story, because we know exactly what happened. But as these events were happening, nobody knew what was really happening. It was just routine and events that happened in each and everyone's lives. It was just another day and another event in the life of everyone that was involved. Nobody knew what was going on there. And it so happens that these Ishmaelites were going to Egypt by coincidence. They never knew that there was a promise on Joseph's great-grandfather, Abraham, that his descendants will be strangers in the land of Egypt one day. I don't have time to go into all the details here. And it so happens that Joseph is taken to Egypt and he is standing in the slave market there. Coincidence, right? And it so happens that Potiphar 
an army officer of Pharaoh, the king, sees him and purchases him. Just yet another coincidence, right? And it so happens the wife of Potiphar had wicked eyes and evil intentions and she tries to seduce Joseph. And it so happens that because of Joseph's refusal to yield to the evil temptations of his mistress, Potiphar's wife, he was thrown into prison and he was really brutally punished. Psalms 105, 17 and 18 says, and he sent a man before them, Joseph, so With shackles, his neck was put in irons. And it so happens, he was thrown into the same cell as the palace cupbearer and the palace baker. What a coincidence. And it so happens that his cellmates had dreams simultaneously. And one was spared and the other was killed. And it so happens that the cupbearer forgets Joseph. What a coincidence. Forgot Joseph for a long time. Have you ever thought of the situation if the cupbearer had not forgotten Joseph? Joseph would have been made free from the prison, but only if as a freed, free slave in a strange country. His only credential there would have been that he had worked as a slave in a house and he was thrown into the prison because he was disrespectful and he tried to defame his own owner, the wife of the house. Who would hire him for anything after that? What would have been his fate? Thank God that he makes others forget us sometimes. People who we expected to remember us, God makes them to forget us because God can fulfill what he has planned for us in our lives. If you are in such a place, just hang on. God has a great plan for you. You are just in a holding place, I want to remind you. Your God is working something out for you you have never thought of. A similar situation we know of in the palace of Susha, where Mordecai, the Jewish palace guard, was forgotten by King Ahasuerus, also called King Celsus. A murder plot against him by two servants of the king was effectively foiled by Mordecai. The perpetrators were identified and they were punished, they were killed. But Mordecai was not rewarded. And the king had forgotten completely about all these things. God, in his due time, remembers his servant in that story. 
Man forgets, but God overrules. Man's forgetfulness does not cancel out God's plan. What appears to have been a simple act of duty by Mordecai, the palace guard, a long time ago, turns out to be the tipping point that swings the pendulum in one night in the grand scheme of God to save his people. That forgetfulness, timely remembrance by the king. Esther is one of the two books in the Bible where the name of God is not referred to by name. But we see the hand of God so powerfully operating in every detail in that book. The Lord has been gracious to me by giving me the humble privilege to teach our adult Sunday school class for a couple of years. One of the topics that keep surfacing in our discussions is the sovereignty of God and how God's sovereignty and his sovereign will play together with man who is created with a free will. A lot of times people ask, man is created with free will and God's sovereignty conflicts with man's free will. God is sovereign. His exist existence or decisions are not contingent upon anything. I want you to hear me out. Do you know there was a time there was no man, no animals, no earth, no planets and no plants, no universe, no water, no air, no atmosphere, no nothing. Nothing that was created. No angels. Because angels were created. There was nobody to worship God. There was nothing. Absolutely nothing but God. Only God. Everything else was created by God. God existed in perfection when nothing was around him. God lacked nothing then. Theologians call this the solitariness of God. God needed nothing then. God is self-sufficient. It's called the aseity of God. God needs nothing. He is self-sufficient. He is self-existent. He is perfect in wisdom. Perfect in glory and perfect in beauty. There is no creation that could add anything to his perfection. Creation can add nothing to God. By anything they do, 
even by their worship and creation can take away nothing from god by anything that they don't do including their worship you don't worship god loses nothing you take away nothing from god what is the difference between perfect more perfect and the most perfect is there any, any difference perfect more perfect and most perfect nothing once you are perfect you cannot be more perfect once you are perfect you cannot add you don't need anything to get more perfect because there is no state called more perfect perfection is it and god alone is perfect you can add nothing to him my brothers and sisters if that's the case god's will is perfect god's decisions are perfect and there's nothing that will change it some modern theologians are brought in this idea of human will as something that can conflict and interfere and negate god's will and god's plans their argument is that god created man with a free will that's one of the but that's one of the most heretical theological ideas that came around to discredit the character of god when you say that you can foil god's plans because you have free will you can do nothing to his sovereignty god is sovereign god is immutable i want you to pay some attention to what i'm going to say now yes man is created with free will and his freedom to choose he has been given the freedom to choose and the freedom not to choose we know that god's will is perfect for man's free will to stand against god's free will god's will man's will has to be perfect also right because only a perfection can stand against another perfection it must be unlimited also is man's free will truly unlimited is it is man's will really free as we claim it is as the modern psychologists and philosophers the french philosopher and the father of modern existentialism jean paul sartre asserted that unless human will is autonomous it is not free at all unless human will is autonomous it is not free will 
What is autonomous? It is the power to self-govern. It is the power to have its own rule. It is the power to disregard all other rules and laws and create our own laws. Autonomous. Nomos means law. In Greek and Latin, nomos is law or principle. We get many English words from that word. Economy, astronomy, taxonomy, and all those gastronomy. Autonomy, auto, means self. On your own. Nomos is the principle. You are your own law. You make your own law, your own principle. That is autonomy. And is man autonomous? Existentialism is the principle is the, and, the, and the philosophical belief that emphasizes the existence of the individual as a free and responsible agent by creating for their own lives their own morals and their own principles and meanings. Friedrich Nietzsche, I know some of you have heard of him, the 20th century German philosopher insisted that there are no rules for human life, no absolute values. He said that if truth can be achieved at all, it can come only, listen to this, if truth can be achieved at all, it can come only from an individual who purposely disregards everything that is considered important. That's what the modern philosophy and psychology want us to believe. That we must disregard everything in order to be autonomous. Disregard all the rules. Be the rule breaker and make your own rules. God is autonomous. He makes the rules and he executes the rules. He is the law and he makes the law for all. God's moral laws are flawless. They are eternal, they are perfect, and they overrule all other rules. Unless man is governed by a moral restraint, any amount of human autonomy will result in lawlessness. Unrestrained autonomy for man's free will end up in anarchy. Whether that happens to a king, a leader, a church, or a person, or a family. God did not create man with an autonomous free will. It is not unlimited. It is subject to God's sovereign will. Let me take you to the Garden of Eden. God created man as male and female. He gave them the gift of free will, the freedom to choose and not to choose, but it was not equal to the unlimited will of God. Listen to what God says. Genesis 2, 16 and 17. And God and the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, 
for when you eat from it you will certainly die yes man is created with free will but he is not created with unlimited free will man's free will is limited you are free to eat but you must not eat what god has prohibited there is a ceiling to man's free will and it is subjected to god's sovereign will the day you violate god's sovereign will the law of god you shall you will die that is the internal principle of god that is the divine principle that was given to man in the garden of eden now let us come back to our story joseph is telling his brothers you intended it to harm me but god intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done what a profound statement that is have you ever paused to understand what he was trying to say there can you see the hand of the lord in history as things are happening here joseph has gone through a lot when he was saying that it all started with that ornate robe like we said joseph jacob exercised his free will to get it for his son joseph didn't he and joseph exercised his free will to go and looking for his brothers even though prompted by his father and the brothers exercise in each turn i'm bringing you incidences of people exercising free will the brothers exercise their free will with an evil intent to toss joseph into the pit and later to sell him to the traders the the slave traders the ishmaelite merchants exercise their free will to go to egypt and sell him to potiphar who in his free will purchased him. nobody uh dragged him into doing that potiphar's wife in her free will with an evil intent came to joseph and then defame and defame joseph and had him sent to prison every one of the time at that time in history was making decisions based on their own free will in order to achieve whatever they achieved they exercised free will and the story keeps on going as several people exercised their free will to that very point when joseph is now facing his brothers and telling him you meant it for evil but god meant it for good what a powerful statement but god intended it for good what was intended by men god had intended for good i don't know what you're going through my dear brothers and sisters 
but if you are in the will of god if you are a child of god that hang on like joseph did do not be frustrated your god is at work behind the scene i want to assure you my dear brothers and sisters if you are in the will of god no plans against you will touch what god has intended for you through all his suffering there's not a single word mentioned about joseph that he had a negative response what is brothers intended with evil hearts to harm him the lord willed to save him elevate him save his family and also to save an entire nation i thank the lord for his sovereignty that rules over everything else last sunday the pastor spoke about paul and silas worshiping in the prison in philippi i don't know how many of you remember that all this started all that started with a vision of paul paul had a vision a beautiful vision somebody inviting him to macedonia and we call it the macedonian call a call in a vision to come and help what god did but god did not tell paul was that how he will fulfill that macedonian call how god will take glory in that mission everything seemed to go so smoothly until everything started falling apart but god was working behind the scenes to ultimately bring out what god had intended through all the evil works at work god's hand was masterfully operating to ultimately bring glory to himself what the enemies of the gospel intended for evil god made for good let the name of the lord be glorified joseph trusted his god every time something happened in his home in the pit in the slave market in potiphar's house in the prison before pharaoh in the palace from every angle evil came looking for him but he continued to trust in the lord romans 8:28 says and we know that all things through in all things god works for the good to of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose all things for good all things for the glory of god what is good is what brings glory to god he is sovereign he works through all of them brothers and sisters how do you react as you go through crisis situations in life some of us are going through situations that are truly hard to understand hurt by the ones we love betrayed by the ones 
be trusted, isolated by the ones you lived for all your life, misunderstood by the ones you love the most. I want you to take you to 2,000 years ago before I close my message this morning. I want you to take you to 2,000 years ago when the Son of God, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for the sinners. He was the perfection of sinlessness and holiness. He was sinless. The perfection of holiness. The perfect Lamb of God in whom there was no sin. He knew no sin. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes by exercising their free will hated him and wanted him eliminated and devised the whole plan. He was betrayed by the exercise of the free will of one of his disciples. He was denied by the exercise of one of his chosen disciples. He was more tried by the exercise of human free will by multiple courts, religious and political and imperial. And finally he was crucified by the Roman soldiers by the exercise of their free will. But in Acts 2, 23 and 24, Peter stands up and he pronounces something very profound. The inaugural speech of the great, before the great crowd on the day of Pentecost. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and for knowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God, same word that was used in Genesis, you tried to do something, but God raised him from the dead freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Also in Acts 13, 30, we see the same phrase, but God raised him from the dead. What a beautiful statement. What a powerful statement. But God, things were all against him, but God, my dear brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, yes, things are against you today. But God, but God, in his sovereignty, he is rising up for you. Don't think that he has given up on you. Let others use their free will. But God is having his master plan for you. On the surface, yes, it seems that the enemy is gaining grounds. But God is in charge. God is sovereign. The crisis seems to be sinking you. 
but god is working for you the situation seems to be hopeless but god says i decree differently for a moment the jews thought their plans worked herod thought that a pest was eliminated the high priest thought that they got rid of their enemy pilot thought that he exercised his executive power but nothing could prevent the plan of god the son of god rose again the stone grave could not hold him down death could not hold him down he rose again and today you and i are his living witnesses witnesses to his resurrection power witnesses to his victory witnesses to his sovereignty and his sovereign authority over our lives god's thoughts are above our thoughts his ways are above our ways hallelujah he that is in us is greater than the one in the world trust in him he is the one and he is the only one that matters his will is the only will that matters his sovereignty is the only authority that matters let him be in control or of our lives and let him write the last line of our lives hallelujah brothers and sisters i delivered to you what the holy spirit has given me the burden to do this morning situations are happening in your life but i want to assure you there is a god who writes history in your life until he writes capsis pen and he rests nothing is complete about your life nothing is done about your life nobody can walk more can walk away saying that look at that person don't listen to discouraging voices god is sovereign god is in hallelujah heavenly father we thank you we praise you father for yet another opportunity you have given to listen to you lord hallelujah we confess this morning that you are so real lord there is nothing that can thwart your plans in our lives lord forgive us our sinfulness lord cleanse each and every one of us lord help us to be always found in the free will of in the, in the sovereign will of god as we exercise our free will help us to be yielding to your master plan in our lives lord now we commit your children into your hands we pray that you will bless them watch over them lord in the name of jesus we pray